Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond to listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. We got a mailbag episode for you. Many questions submitted by listeners. If you want to get involved in a future mailbag episode, here's how you do it. Email me, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. It's pretty simple. I bet you can figure that one out. Uh, I will put the email address in the episode description for this episode. But uh, future mailbags, send me emails. Uh, it's the best way to get in touch with me regardless. Um, longer form, easier to go back and forth, all of those things, less... Um, no algorithm to hide it, to hide at responses or whatever. Um, yeah, send me an email, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com, like so many did. Um, we got a bunch of questions. It's a lot of shade and sharp talk because that's what's on everybody's mind. So let's not waste, let's not waste any more time getting into it. Let's get to the questions. Dustin asks, with Anthony Simons down and out, how can Shade and Sharp take advantage? So Part, part of it is whether Sharp starts. Uh, I think he will, but there's no there's no guarantee. Uh, they could conceivably start Matisse Thibel at the two. Um, they could they could do any number of odd things, but it makes sense. Sharp is the natural guy to play that spot just because, like, how many dudes are twos and where the Blazers are in their season. It's time to let the... Um, He's not yet 20. I think he turns 20 in May. Uh, time to let the teenager just go see what he's got. Um, they are, you know, I think the Blazers and where they're at is like they're comfortable if they make the playoffs and comfortable if they miss the playoffs. And what they want to do is get the young players, get Thibel, get uh, Reddish. Thibel's not super young, but get Reddish, get get Jabari Walker, get Trendon, get Shaden Sharp in there to see what they have. Um, so I, I, I do think Shane's going to play and play a bunch of minutes. He's already playing like 20 at night. Um, so b- bump him up to 25. Uh, I don't, it's like, there's probably a diminishing returns if you played Shaden Sharp like 35 minutes a night. But let's find out what that limit is. Let's go ahead and find out what that limit is. I think you want like, because winning is, it's not secondary. I don't want to put it that way because the players and the coaches are going to try to win the games, but for like the organization's goals, because winning is not paramount to the larger organizational goals. I think you can deal with some of Shaden Sharp's, Shaden Sharp's, Shaden Sharp. That's a good one for you. Somebody make that your ringtone. Shaden Sharp's warts. Like he's a bad defensive player. Teenagers are typically bad on defense. Um, he doesn't have a lot of off-the-dribble juice, although he's improving in that game. It's like some of the stuff that might, might limit the team sort of holistically. One, you just don't have any other options. You just gotta ro- you just got to roll with him. And two, like, it matters less after the break. That is assuming that Amphrey Simons misses time. Simons, you know, looked like a bad ankle injury, and uh, he was supposed to get an MRI, MRI today. I'm, I'm recording this on Wednesday evening. He was supposed to get an MRI on Wednesday, February 15th, and he did not. And Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that the, pl- the team plans to get the MRI on Thursday. Typically, I mean, maybe that's just like a random timing thing, but typically when they delay imaging stuff, it's because your leg is swollen or your whatever you hurt is swollen. Um, it's, it's I don't think it's a good sign, but it didn't look like a good sign anyway. It's just like the way he left the court looked bad. Um, ankle injuries are depend on, you know, we'll just, we don't know, but it looks like we're assuming, and I think it's try not to do too much of this with, with injury stuff. But like, I, I think Amphrey time is going to miss some games after the break because I think he will miss longer than one week. 
but there's certainly a chance he's back and this is all moot. But if he does, it's like, how can Shane Sharp take advantage? Just go play your game. He doesn't need to do anything he, he doesn't already do. Like, he's not going to run a million pick and rolls. Um, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be put in a bunch of situations where he has to handle the ball against pressure defense. Like, he's still, you know, stuff's going to revolve around Dame. They're going to run stuff through Jeremy Grant, assuming he's back from concussion protocol. Nurk's going to get touches, assuming he gets back at some points. Like, um, you know, uh, Sharp, Sharp's ask isn't going to dramatically change. It's just he's going to be on the court more. So, you know, go 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 play your game. Be ready to shoot. Be aggressive. Go score. Um, this is this is your opportunity. Lamar Hurd has mentioned a couple times in the broadcast that he wants more um, more touches for, or excuse me, not more touches. That that is absolutely not what he said. And he didn't even say more. He what Lamar Hurd said on the broadcast. Let me. I, I totally mischaracterized what my man Lamar was going to say. Lamar has mentioned on the broadcast that. The, that um, Shane Sharp doesn't get plays called for him very much. They they call a handful of plays for him. They've called a lot of plays out of timeouts for him plenty of times, but they don't call a lot of plays for him. He gets his stuff just like on secondary actions. You know, it's like, hey, the the main action is supposed to go here or run a pick and roll. And if the double team comes, be ready because if we catch it in the middle of the floor, you you either cut from the corners or you stay in the corners and you, and you become a threat. Um, I think one of the ways... I would like to see Shaden evolve is that if it is, you know, more limited options, more limited offense, like call stuff for Shaden Sharp, run plays for him to, you know, run actions for him to be the main primary ball handler and see what that looks like. See what it looks like if Shaden Sharp runs four pick and rolls against a defense ready for him to run four straight pick and rolls. Does he, is it terrible? Can he not do it? Does he not have the handle? Does he not have the vision? Can he not handle the physicality at the point of attack? Like, let's see it. Or is he a monster? Like, is he just unleashed because he's kind of what he's figured out over the last couple of weeks he's starting to put together? Um, it's probably somewhere in between those two. Um, I don't think he's going to be a great pick and roll player. Next question, but I like, I want to see it. Let's see him get stuff run for him. It doesn't have to be pick and roll. It could be off ball action stuff where it's like he comes off a couple screens to shoot it. it, it, it it's... But let's have some stuff where, where Shaden Sharp is the primary guy because that's a way he can take a step forward. Otherwise, just play your game, Shay. Uh, as if he needs my advice. That is the answer to Dustin's question more than my advice for Shaden Sharp, who certainly doesn't need it. Um, next question comes from JD, who asks, Ant's injury presents two opportunities. One is to give Shaden Sharp his minutes for development, which we just talked about. The other is to finally see what the starting lineup of Dame plus size and defense actually looks like. Dame, Matisse Thibel, Cam Reddish, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic. I am in favor of doing both. That's the trick here, right? That That's that's um, the challenge for the Blazers is that they, you know, they're, they're going to be, if, if Ant's out, they are down a point guard. Maybe Archie Diakono even has to play a little bit just because they need ball handlers in there. They don't like, they just don't have that losing heart and losing uh, Gary Payton or trading them away. You just have limited ball handlers. Matisse Leibel can't really be that. I guess Cam Reddish could be that a little bit. Uh, Jeremy Grant is going to have to get more operating on the ball responsibility, which he's capable of, but he's kind of just a scorer. He's just going to go score. He's not really a, sh not really a sharer necessarily. So um, I want to see them do both. Like I want to see Shaden get those minutes and start and play, but then like first sub, let's see the big lineup. I've been, I've been, um, I, I, the future of the Blazers, the best future of the Blazers is Dame plus size. It's right. It's, it's, no one else on the court shorter than six foot six and everyone, you know, six, seven plus, um, th that's the future. Matisse Thibault is not six, seven, right? He's not that big. Um, he, but he's long and he plays bigger than he is on defense. Uh, 
Cam Reddish is like he's six seven, six eight. He's big. Jeremy Grant is that in that same range. Yusuf Nurkic is a giant person. Play Dame with the with size. That can be your first sub. That can be a second quarter lineup. That can be like a late third quarter lineup. Um, th- th- I, th- I think you get there. You you just do both. All right, we got more Shaden Sharp talk coming after the break. But first, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the number one sports book in America. And listen, I think that you're going to love FanDuel because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's the second half of the NBA season is upon us. It's a perfect time to download the FanDuel app. So get that no-sweat first bet, which is a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to even three-pointers made. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Right. Let's talk some Shade and Sharp, shall we? Let's answer some more questions about Shade and Sharp. Michael asks, the more we get to see Shade and Sharp figure it all out, is there a point the front office says, yeah, no, we can't trade this dude? Or do you think he's one of the all-in chips to bring a deal for a deal to bring Dame a real all-star? Do you think he ever becomes untouchable? an interesting one, right? Um, the obvious question is, yeah, Shaden Sharp is one of the Blazers' best trade chips. Straight up. <laughs> he's 19 years old. He has star potential. He's really good. When you're trading for star players, typically the ask from the other team is, can we have your best young part? Um, you know, Ant, in a lot of ways, is a better trade chip because of his salary, because of the salary slot. Um, but, like, uh, Shaden Sharp has, has a, I don't know if, like, clear higher ceiling but to me a higher ceiling because he he's he's younger we just don't know he's like uh the steps from 19 to 23 clarify a lot i think people were pretty darn excited about Anthony simons at 19 shane sharp's better than it was at 19 i think that's not particularly controversial uh but like yeah the, the, what i'm saying is like things change perception changes once you play four years in the league you're just more they just seen you play more so i do think shane sharp is the obvious like chip um but it depends on what you need. Do you need Simons and Sharp to make the trade work? Is there a trade that involves just the picks and Anthony Simons? Is there a trade that involves like just some picks and Nazir Little or something like that because of because of the what the other team needs? Picks and Nazir Little is not going to get you an All Star. I'm just saying like um, depends on sort of what the All In goal is, what the All In plan is, all the, like wh- what the other side needs. But the the more interesting part of this question, the part of this question that I um, am more curious about is, is there a point where it's like, nope, sorry, Shaden Sharp's the guy? I kind of think no, because I think the team is committed to trying it with Dame. Um, once you give Dame that contract extension, um, you're kind of, I mean, they're already, they're already like pot committed. But once they do that, once they give them the max contract extension, two years, a hundred and some million dollars, whatever it was, a bunch of money. Um, it's thir- two years and 35% of the cap whenever the cap gets finalized for the, in those two years. But it's going to be like 55 million bucks. It's a good deal. You, he's got a better job than you. Uh, 
when you do that, you're committed to Damian Lillard like to go for it with him. And they've been really, really, really clear about wanting to do that. They've been skating these sort of two developmental paths, right? Or a developmental path and a competitive path. And when you do that, you end up mediocre, which is what the Blazers are, right? Like you kind of got to commit to being a developmental team and be bad and try to get good or to commit to being a good team and try to be like good, right? Like have more veteran players that can contribute, have um, someone other than Shaden Sharp who could play the two uh, when someone gets hurt. It's like, um, they, I don't think he ever becomes truly untouchable, but I do think there's a point where you say Shane Sharp's so good that, that the level of player, like, okay, you just absolutely cross off the OG Ananobis of the world, the Mikhail Bridges of the world. It's like, yeah, really good two-way wing. Sorry. It's got to be an all NBA type to, to move Shaden. Is that irresponsible? If you're trying to go win it with Dame, you kind of got to be willing to commit whatever, like, and you get, and there's like, assuming that there is like a real bona fide star on the board, it's like, yeah, you know, available, whatever it is. Like the league moves quickly. So someone will be disgruntled or some team will be pivoting or whatever it might be. Um, think back to three weeks ago in the Brooklyn Nets. It'll look like they're going to win the championship. Now they um, have a totally different roster. So, I think there is a point where it's not that Shane Sharp becomes untouchable. It's that the tier of players you're willing to trade him for jumps up. And I think that's what you're hoping. That it's not like, yeah, we would consider trading for like a all defense type wing uh, who also has some offense, like a really the best three and D wings in the league, like OG Ananobi and Mikhail Bridges. Or like, okay, no, it has to be a Pascal Siakam, like a guy who's made multiple NBA teams. It has to be like a, just a name. This is not like someone who's going to get traded, but like it has to be a Brandon Ingram, right? Like who is... 6'9", all, all like, you know, all NBA potential, all-star forward type of guy, like the perfect sort of prototypical thing everybody wants. Like, I, I think it would be bumping up into that tier type of type of player, uh, more less untouchable and more so like the ask done changed. Nick asks, what does Shane Sharp need to improve to take the next step heading into next season? Um, he's got to become a better defender. Uh my man Jacob G on Hawthorne asked about uh, in Sharp's defense. Sometimes he just gets dusted. Sometimes he's not paying attention off the ball. Sometimes he's um, physicality like overwhelms him. Most of the problem is him for him when you see it. There's some on ball just like dudes blow past him type of stuff. I think he's he's done better at being physical at the point of attack. He's not great there, but he's done way better over the last month at like straight line drives. He's not getting cooked on as much. The problem with him is mostly like he's on his man's on the opposite side of the floor so he's over and help the ball swings to him he has to close out contain the drive and anticipate where both his help is going to be and where if his help comes where he would need to move as the next rotation he just doesn't have that yet it's hard to get there that's a hard thing to do it's like okay I got to close out. I got to take little steps to close out, but I can't close out too short or he's going to make a three and if I close out too hard he's going to blow by me so I got to perfectly measured closeout contain then when he kicks my job is actually to to go out and get find the ball because the help behind me has picked up my man and it's like there's a lot of stuff to process he's not he's just not good at it he has to get a little better on defense um his handle needs to improve a bunch um and his is probably his like playmaking skills if he's going to be like a real on ball guy he can score on his own but he doesn't really pass at, at, a, at a high level right now he gets a little better at all of those things. Like he doesn't need to make all of those his jumps. Like 
progression is is not linear and it's also um, it's it's slow. So like he needs to get a little better at all of those things, and then he can be an NBA. I, I, like, is he an NBA starter next year? I don't know. Like he could probably start in the league, but like wh- what level of team could he start on? I think is 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 a better question. I think he's gonna be a really good basketball player. I think he's looked really good over the last two and a half weeks. I also think like you don't have to remember back that far where he looked like a teenager on a lot of nights and it's like yeah he's not he's not quite there yet he can the 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 test for sharp is a real nba offseason it's an offseason where he he doesn't get hurt um in the summer league and so he can like get out and improve the test for the difference between guys who are pretty good and guys who become stars for a long time is just a maniacal commitment to improving in the offseason is just absolutely wild work ethic. That is the difference between the best players, the good and great, is consistency and the consistency to work. Um, that is, it is hard for us to know because you're just gonna like no one's gonna be like, yeah, he worked pretty, he worked pretty hard, but he worked at like NBA starter level and not NBA All Star level. And and then the difference is subtle to the point where me and you probably wouldn't even know it. But there is a maniacal level of commitment that someone like Damian Lillard, who is like on tour with Adidas in China and still waking up at 6 a.m. to get workouts in, like that type of just like you got to go get it done type of work. And that's, that is the test for sharp. And I think it'll be interesting is how much he puts in, in the off season, because um, he has the skills to be really special. It's just what he can, um, what he can do from there. Next question comes from Juan Casa, who asks, how long should a coach give a player to develop in game? And how does the development of our current pieces sync up with Dame's window. Juan Casa is asking about developmental minutes, pointing out that it's a longer email, so I kind of um, pared down the question. But Juan Casa is asking about developmental minutes. You know, pointing out that Anthony Simons really got going when the boat when the when it was clear for him to play, and and that Trenton Watford got going when it was cleared the books the boat the decks is what I'm trying to say cleared for cleared for him to play, and C.J. McCollum you know really took off that that first year he became a true starter in the league after breaking out in the playoffs, and that minutes matter for development. And I I think I agree in general, but the question is, what are you comfortable with? Shaden Sharp, the reason he is better now is because the Blazers let him play through all of his struggles in December. And he was playing a little bit less, to be sure. But minutes matter for development. I'm not maybe a big believer that you need to play like 1,500 minutes as a rookie. Um, I think plenty of guys have developed behind the scenes for the Blazers. We've kind of seen that, like the Pat Connaughton's and Gary Trent Jr.'s of the world who kind of like don't play. Amphrey Simons didn't even play that much as a rookie. And then like, when you give him minutes can get there and probably got too many minutes too early and wasn't ready. I think he's a pretty good example of this. It's like you want to give him minutes, but what type of team are you going to be? Because developmental minutes are usually rocky minutes. Like letting young guys play are rocky minutes. Even every time is when he broke out last year, kind of out of, uh, not out of nowhere, but he struggled in December. He did not shoot the ball well in December, came out, all of a sudden he was getting minutes and he's just like his efficiency just scaled up right with him with minutes. Not everyone scales up like that. So some guys, you give them more minutes, it's actually worse. There's diminishing returns and like their development isn't as good with just like a much larger role. Their development isn't as smooth, I should say, with a much larger role. So the question isn't like, 
Developmental minutes are valuable. Drew Eubanks has been, has, I think, improved because he's had a role every night to improve. But I will say Trenton Watford, like, bounced out of the rotation, then got some minutes and kind of took advantage where it fit because he's developing a skill behind the scenes. Like, it's, it's a real balance. So the question for developmental minutes is, like, are you committed to being a team that can compete for a championship? Well, then you probably can't play young guys and, like, let them work out the issues, right? It's hard to do that. It's really hard to do that. See, see Warriors, comma, Golden State. Like it's, it's hard. They have struggled to find a rhythm between veterans and, and youngsters. And, um, it's, it's tough for them, but if you're okay being decent, but not really, really, really good, um, then you can find those minutes. You can find those minutes for, uh, Drew Eubanks and Shaden Sharp and it's easier. And then you have real value and it pays off dividends down the line. So developmental minutes really, like the minutes for for young guys, it it it's it. The question is more about what what are your team's needs, goals, and plans in the immediate term versus whether they pay off. Because in general, they will be valuable. It's just like, can you sacrifice wins because you will be worse playing young guys and letting them figure out the NBA game than playing veterans who are going to have less screw ups when you play them in the game. All right, couple more questions to close out the show. Join me in the third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. And you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's close out this mailbag show. If you want to get involved in a mailbag episode, email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Uh, I'll probably do one of these next week, depending on the news. So, But email me anyways, because it's it's a great way to kind of, I'll save questions for the future or, or sort of a good way to talk about like what's on what's on listeners' minds because I want, this show is for you. So email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Our next question comes from two folks. Travis and Claire both asked the same question. Is there value in making the playoffs for the experience for young players on the team versus being a lottery team and gaining a an asset? I don't think, for me, I'm going to be honest. No, I don't think there's value in making the playoffs for, to, to, to because I don't think, like, the trade, and it's mostly about trade-off. I don't think, like, blanket statement, like, the play, playing in the playoffs doesn't matter. It does. There, you can gain valuable experience, particularly for somebody like a Shaden Sharp, uh, to, like, see what it's like to, when you get to the playoffs, the the hyper-specific game planning for personnel ramps up. So it's both your preparation for an opponent and the opponent's preparation for you and to see what it's like to play in a game where they know what you want to do. They know exactly what you want to do. They know all your play calls. They know every all your tendencies. They've, you know, you, the guy who's guarding you has probably watched something like 60% of your shot attempts on the year coming into this game. Like, they, they are ready for you. Um, and then by, you know, game three of the series, they've also just played against you. They, they, it's, it is, it gets really, you can't, you can't get, you can't fake the funk in an NBA playoff series. It's why I'm in favor of keeping seven game series throughout because the, the seven game series rewards the better team. The better team wins. Sometimes the healthier team is the better team, but the better team wins. Um, so the question is like the trade-off for me is I don't think there is more value in the Blazers like, you know, losing in the first round of the playoffs and Shaden Sharp seeing six games of six games of playoff basketball versus the Blazers missing the playoffs and getting the ninth pick in the NBA draft. That's that's it for me. Um, if it were, you know, if they were like, if they had a chance to be like fifth or sixth, and I just don't think, I think there's too many teams in their way and I think they're too, 
too too hurt right now and just they just haven't been good with any consistency. They won four games in a row to begin the season. They haven't had a four game winning streak since literally the first week of the season. The first four and zero haven't won four straight since then at any point this year. Um, it's just it's like it's not like they just haven't been consistently good for months. So it's the idea that they're going to just like rip off a bunch of wins. I don't I just don't see it happening. So even if they make the playoffs, I'm assuming they're a low level playoff team, which means they're going to play a really good team in the first round, which means they're going to lose. I don't think there's value in like getting to a sixth game of the playoffs and letting Shaden Sharp at all and others um, see what, you know, see what playoff basketball looks like and feels like versus getting a better lottery pick for what this team wants to be. They want to be good next year. Like as much as like there's talk about how young they are from the coach, like their core is not young and inexperienced. Their core dudes who play are not young and inexperienced. Even Matisse Thibault, part of this team, is like he's he's been on a, a very good playoff team. Um, if you're going to add veterans to this mix, you're going to add likely veterans with playoff experience. Damon Lillard has been there, man. He's he's seen a lot of playoff games. Nurk has been there. Jeremy Grant has been there, played in the Western Conference Finals. Like Ant has been there. Um, you know, he hasn't played very well in the playoffs. You'd like to see him play better. But like, um, yeah, I, I don't think... The back half of the roster getting the experience is worth the tr- worth the trade off for getting a lottery pick. Um, your mileage may vary. That's the that's the beauty of it. Joseph asks Joe Cronin said that Damon Ant make an elite offense, and if I understood him correctly, they can pretty much put whoever around those two and still be good on offense. Do I agree? And if so, what would your ideal offseason be in terms of putting dudes around them to make the defense average to good? Um, so I'm not going to do an offseason in February, <laughs> but I will. I do like this question because it's more like theoretical. Damon and Ant are really good together. I'm kind of in favor in the long run of breaking up the pairing, but that's not what the question is. Assuming those two gentlemen are on the team and, on, and playing a bunch of minutes together, which if they're on the team, they're going to play a bunch of minutes together because they're good. Um, like, how far can you go? How far can you push it? I think there were times this year that the Blazers' lack of shooting, uh, Nurk not a threat people are worried about, even if he started shooting way better this year. Josh Hart not someone who would shoot. Um, so, like, two dudes on the court who you didn't need to guard. I think there were times this year where that screwed up the Blazers' offense in close games. The lack of shooting in tight games hurt them. So I don't think you can go, like... I don't think like three Tony Allens would work. Like the guys you just like straight up do not need to guard. Um, but I do think you can, because of how special Dame is as an offense, like as a guy who can draw defenders, who can get into the teeth of defenses, driving has been incredible this year, get into the teeth and kick out and make and like, create an advantage and draw too. Um, because he can do that, I think you can push the limits of how good you can be on defense. I think if Nurk was a little bit different of a defender, I think there was it would change up my feelings on this because his, you know, say you had the exact same level of offense from Nurk, but a more versatile defender on the other end, like I, I think you're I think the trade-off from offense to defense is worth it. Um you know, I think I think you can I think you can tilt really heavily pushing towards the Matisse Thibels of the world where it's like this dude is like 85% defense with a little bit of offense, but not really much in there at all. I think you can sort of lean that way and see how much you could get out of it. The best teams have two way players. The best teams are guys who can play on both ends. If the Blazers are going to be really good, they're going to have guys that play on both ends. But I do think 
I do, I do, I guess I generally agree with Joe's premise, even though I don't agree with the plan. Uh, like that, yeah, you, the, if you have those two dudes on the floor, you're going to be a very good offensive team. So you can, you can kind of punt a little bit on offense with the other three guys, or at least really heavily emphasize defenders with the other three guys. Um, and I think you can push the, uh, push your off season approach to prioritize defenders, defenders, defenders with, the caveat that there is at some point a limit to how, to what Dame can truly do on his own if you don't have to guard like anyone out there. And I think we've seen that in the past with the Alfarukamino Mo Harkless wings. It's like, yeah, they were an elite offense until you got to the playoffs. And it's like, oh yeah, we don't have to guard these dudes. It's gonna be is gonna be easy. And I think that is the challenge for the Blazers is they they gotta get two way players. But if it's two way players where they're better defensively than they are on offense, I think that's fine. Last question of the show comes from Alex K, who asks, how do you fix the dunk contest? I'm bummed that Shane Sharp's not in the dunk contest. I totally get it. Um, I talked about it on the show. The NBA did this to themselves. Invite him to the Rising Stars game. He'd already be in Salt Lake City. Uh, when you didn't invite him to the Rising Stars game and prioritize G-leaguers, you left yourself open for him being like, I don't want to go, actually. And I do not think the way to make the all-star game, to make the dunk contest better is to force Shaden Sharp to go. It's like a dude against his will going is like, what is extending an invitation? It's like a mandate, right? It's like, you are now dunking. The way to fix the dunk contest is a time machine. It's to go back to 2004 and make LeBron James cowardly butt do the dunk contest. He ruined it for a generation of stars. It's LeBron James's fault. I think this is the worst misstep of LeBron's career. Um, he's and some other things that I don't particularly care for. But LeBron was the best athlete in the league. He was a superstar. He's obsessed with being Michael Jordan. And what did MJ do in the 80s? He was the dunk contest king before the championships. MJ was taken off from the free throw line with the gold chain on, going up against Dominique Wilkins in star-studded dunk contests. Young LeBron James should have done the dunk contest because he didn't do the dunk contest. A whole generation of stars after him said, I'm not doing it either. There is no reason that John Morant isn't in the dunk contest. One of the most exciting players in the league, an incredible in-game dunker. Little guys are really fun dunkers. He should be in it. He should be in it. He should be in it. Anthony Edwards should be in it. It's like, it was awesome when Aaron, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine did the dunk contest. Incredible, incredible, right? Uh, Derek Jones Jr. has had some fun dunk contests. Those dudes are not the level of stars we need to revive it. LeBron blew it, and because he blew it, the whole generation for the next two decades of superstars after him said, "I'm cool. I'm good. I don't need to. I I don't need to be involved." Um, the, like the closest thing to a star in the dunk contest we've seen, uh, Damian Lillard was in it, but he's like not a dunker. It's like Paul George, uh, pre pre changing the number to thirteen PG um, in in um, in Indiana. You screwed it up for all of us, LeBron. <laughs> so we need a time machine because we need to change the perception of it across the league. Okay, that's going to do it for uh, today's mailbag. Lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com if you want to get involved in a future one. Uh, tomorrow's show. It will be an all-star extravaganza. Shout out to all my RuPaul heads out there who get that reference. Uh, we will talk all things all-star, and I have a really, really, really fun interview that you aren't, you, that you don't want to miss. So come back for tomorrow's show. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.